Hello, listeners. My name is Pietro, and welcome to another episode of the LSE Focal Point podcast. Today, we are delighted to be joined by Scott Kim. Scott is the CEO of Rocket Reach. Prior to his current role, Scott held a variety of positions, including President and Zoc CEO of Bankrate.com and various C-level roles at Belt.com after climbing through the ranks. Scott started his career as a software engineer at LoudCloud Systems after graduating from Stanford University with a bachelor's degree in computer science. Scott, how are you doing today? Very good. Excited to be here. It would be, te- it would be great if you could tell us more about your career journey and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, so I graduated from from school with a computer science degree, mainly because I think I liked building stuff and fixing stuff as a, as a young child. And so that kind of naturally led to me working in software engineering. I liked building programs, like building projects. And, you know, when I started out my career, I was a software engineer and I, I worked for a long time, you know, helping build build products. And I think that that led to a lot of the later decisions I made around building companies. Um, so I did a lot of time in technology and had kind of every role in technology from software engineering to running a data center back when people used to run data centers, <laughs> program management, QA, kind of the whole technology stack. And then reached a kind of critical point in my career where I had to decide between running technology teams and instead decided to run businesses. And so got a lot of great opportunities to be a general manager of a couple of businesses within the company I worked for. And then that kind of led to more and more opportunities on that front. And I think it all goes back to my want to build great products and build and fix things. And so I guess I bring a slightly different flavor to company management focused on the products, focused on the customer, and focused on building things that people want to use in their their lives. Absolutely. And you've alluded a lot there to products, right, which I have seen in your other interviews. However, I'm going to ask you more about the different companies that you have been a part of and what changes you drove within them. Yeah. So I think, you know, number one, I I really, if you look at my background, I've, I've worked in lots of different types of businesses and I really enjoy learning different types of businesses with each opportunity I look at. And that's kind of exciting for me. You know, I think that you kind of have this balance where you either kind of stay in a a certain type of business over and over again and kind of reapply things that you've learned in in previous jobs to a new business and also learn about an entirely new vertical and an entirely new business. And it's kind of a little bit of a balancing act. My brain, I think, enjoys kind of solving new types of problems. So because of that, if you look at the kind of the history I've had, I've worked primarily a lot in a lot of turnaround scenarios where you take a business that was once very successful and maybe has kind of lost its, way, lost its way a little bit. And instead of just kind of continuing to do the same thing requires you to do something slightly different as the world has changed, the context has changed, the, you know, the product needs to change. And so a lot of my time has been spent kind of taking a business, breaking it down to its constituent parts, and then rebuilding it. You know, uh, kind of a simple example was the time at Bankrate where the business was very successful, but used to be a newspaper business, like way back 40 years ago, and clearly went through a transition to go online. And then we transitioned the business from a primarily display-based business from a revenue perspective to a cost per cost per lead business model. And I spent a lot of work there taking the business model to use a little bit of machine learning to, to adjust our pricing and focused our pricing based on a whole bunch of things that our machine learning kind of algorithm told us. And, you know, interestingly, that was in personal finance, but a lot of the work that I did at ZocDoc right after that was actually kind of applying a lot of the same principles that we used in personal finance 
into healthcare. And so that's, that's what I mean by kind of like the balancing act. You know, we took something that worked very well in another vertical and applied that to a holistically different vertical, but the businesses were very similar in their kind of constituent roots and infrastructure. And so a lot of my time has been kind of learning things in one business and then applying them to a different business in a different vertical and trying it out there. And then now I'm at Rocker Reach, which is a totally different business as a, you know, B2B SaaS service. And, and here I'm learning a lot of new things, but I'm also applying a lot of the things I've learned at previous jobs in totally different businesses to this business. And so I kind of try to keep that balancing act because I think that kind of keeps the brain mm-hmm. kind of interestingly focused and engaged and also both learning and applying things you've learned before. That's very interesting how you go applying from one vertical to another. So we've spoken a lot to business and what you've been doing in your professional career, so closer to the present, right? But I wanted to shift back the focus back to, you know, your origins, right? So, you know, in university education, that sort of stuff, right? How important did you find your university education? How significant did you find that? And how significant did you find education earlier on in your life? And how do you look back upon it in present day? Yeah. So, I mean, if I even take it further back in my, in mm-hmm. my life, um, you know, my parents were immigrants to the United States and they started out with very little, much like many other immigrants and they worked really hard and they were able to, to start a couple of small businesses during their time because they had no college education or any, anything like that. And, and I had to work at my mom's store a lot when I was a young child, you know, pretty much every day after school and most of the day Saturday as well. And I learned a lot about, you know, kind of managing a business and what it meant. It is a small business, just to be clear, it's a small retail business, but learned a lot about what's the price that we're bringing stuff in for, what's the price we're able to sell to our customers for, how price sensitive are they to the, to the changes in price that we would apply. And that became, I think, very kind of foundational for me moving forward. And I think that's ultimately why I wanted to manage businesses. I kind of missed that period where you were, you know, helping my parents out. Of course, I was just like, doing the stock or doing the cash register for my parents, but I would hear them talk a lot about how to manage the business in terms of staff and people and costs and all these other things. And I think that's ultimately what led me to kind of wanting to manage businesses in my, in my long-term career. If I fast forward to Stanford, I think, I think I got two really important things out of my education there beyond the, you know, thousands of things you get out of a great, great college experience. The first was, you know, I was in the middle of kind of Silicon Valley, right? Uh, during the dot-com bubble and everyone was talking about starting new businesses and and you know finding new opportunities with this new thing called the internet and i think from a mindset perspective for me it was that became a really important thing to kind of wanting to learn about new things that are happening in the world and so when i think about businesses today and applying kind of how the world is changing to those businesses a lot of that kind of formative kind of brain motion i think was built when i was in college and then the second thing I think I got out of my university experience was really the experience, um, mm-hmm. just, you know, living on my own, you know, meeting tons of people from really diverse backgrounds from all over the world. And you get to realize that they're just super accomplished and super interesting people everywhere. And, you know, a lot of my best friends today in life are, you know, kind of relationships I formed back then when I was 18, 19, 20 years old. And, and it's just, just a lot of camaraderie and that we kind of got through college together and we kind of suffered through finals and all those things together. And now, you know, many of them have gone on to do tremendous things in their career. And we still talk about 
we both can kind of revert back to college days really quickly when we get together yeah. and we get to talk about, you know, what's going on in our personal, our family life and our professional lives together. And we've come a long way, right? Like meaning like, you know, we've been, we, I've known them now for you know 30 years almost. And, and it's you know amazing to keep relationships that long. And I think the opportunity to meet lots of people from lots of diverse backgrounds is super, super important to me. That's amazing. And you really demonstrate that the deep rooted work ethic from young and that, passion for business as you as you said they're managing the store from with, with with and for your parents right and also that college experience that we will talk to now in the next question so was doing an mba something that ever crossed your mind and why did you why did you not decide to do one you know and i asked that because here at lse and universities in london and also just universities here in the uk in general a lot of people do think about postgraduate studies though a lot of them do also think about perhaps transitioning to the US somehow, somehow getting into a US college for the MBA and so on. So what, what are your thoughts on doing an MBA or and why didn't you choose to do one? You know, just general thoughts on MBAs in general, really. Yeah. So, I mean, look, I think every person is different and they learn things differently and their brain processes things differently. And they, their experiences really matter in terms of the way they think about businesses and, and their career. And of course, I thought about doing an MBA at some point in my career, but I was learning so much kind of on the job. (laughs) And when I mean learning, I was like getting torn to shreds in various meetings with people that were really smart and, you know, able to pick apart, you know, both the strategy and the operations that, you know, we were doing in our business and asking really hard questions. And so I think for me personally, you know, sometimes for me, I think that doing the thing that I'm trying to learn is way better than just going to a classroom to learn that thing. And again, that's just me, I think, personally. So I think, you know, it's totally appropriate for a whole bunch of other people who want to learn in a classroom setting. But I think I learn faster when I'm doing something. And, you know, my first GM experience, I remember I was at IAC, which is a, you know, huge conglomerate at the time. And the, you know, I would prepare for our kind of quarterly kind of kind of mini board meetings, I guess, is like preparation for a board meeting. It's obviously much, much, much smaller, much shorter in terms of the meeting itself. But I remember several meetings where I left going, wow, I really don't understand this business at all. And the questions they're asking are like exactly the right question and their ability to cut through kind of all the noise to find the signal that that was kind of the most important thing to think about was just a great, great learning experience for me. And so I kind of felt like I got to put it kind of a weird, weird way, I kind of like got street smart about <laughs> managing mm. businesses. Mm. You're going through the trials and tribulations of, you know, managing at that time, a very small business and trying to grow it. And then over time, kind of getting larger and larger businesses to manage. So I think it's just different for each person. And for me personally, I like learning on the job. And I think that's the best way for me to, for me to, for me to learn. Makes sense. Yeah. So really it's just up to the individual, depending on what their experience is. It's just Yes, on the individual, right? So I want to refocus on the present. So what was it that drew you to Rocket Reach? Because you were at ZocDoc, which is in telemedicine, right? And you left shortly after March 2020. And from my perspective, when I was researching you, I was like, why why has he left telemedicine at one of these most pivotal moments in history? Surely it's getting really interesting now, right? But that's from the outside. I have no idea you know, what, what it's like from your perspective there. So it'd be great to hear your um, your perspective on that. 
Yeah, I think it was, for me, it was more about a career change to do something slightly different. You know, again, I like to learn different verticals and I like to mm -hmm. join businesses at different stages of, of where they are. So, you know, the work I'd done previously, you know, primarily at about.com, then at Bankrate and a little bit at ZocDoc as well, required what I would call turnaround work, right? Where you take a business and you kind of reshape its fundamentals, potentially in the business model and some of the operations to get the business to, to get to where you think it should be. And the turnaround for me is like a two-part process. The first part is breaking down the business and breaking down it into its constituent pieces and its fundamentals and saying, okay, what do we have here? What, what assets do we have? And then you have to kind of reconstruct the business, either in its business model or the people or the teams or the, you know, the, the motion that it does. And then you get to the second phase after you've done that analysis and rebuild and you start growing the business, you know, it's kind of fast, as fast as possible with, with your goals in mind. And I wanted to kind of do something different and not do the first phase and just join a growth company. And that's what drew me to, to Rocket Reach. You know, when I joined the business, it had only 14 people in it, much smaller than a lot of the businesses I worked at previously, but the growth profile and the profitability profile in the business was amazing. The two founders had done a tremendous job doing you know what people call a product-led growth motion on the business where they just had built a super efficient customer acquisition funnel and then were able to turn that into a really really healthy business but still could grow a lot from where it was so despite its kind of growth over the last four years still growing at a, an amazing clip with the good profitability and the product was you know i think you guys use the product every, every once in a mm -hmm. while you're reaching out to folks mm -hmm. like myself and the product you know, thousands, thousands, and thousands of customers using it every day, and that's the voice you need to hear from the customers. Is they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna vote with their credit cards and their and their wallet, right? Mm -hmm. And so, getting the opportunity to come into a business that was kind of already growing, but you could continue to shape it as it grew into a much larger thing, it was exciting to me and a different, a different challenge for me. And so that's how I ended up ended up at Rocket Reach. We're definitely gonna talk about the offering that Rocket Reach has in a later question. But first, I want to speak more about your role right now at Rocket Reach. So what 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 does it involve on a day-to-day -day basis? And how is it different to the other roles in other companies you, you've been in? Yeah, yeah, it, it is different. Like each business is very different in kind of in what it needs. And so I think I think my role oftentimes is to fill in where to focus in the areas that are needed in that stage of the business. And so for me right now, we're focused a lot on, on continuing to evolve the product into, you know, the world's changing so fast, right? So the world is changing arguably faster now than it was you know, even 10 years ago. And I think that requires a product to change at a faster evolution than in history. So I think, you know, my day-to-day -day right now is really to help build the team, the culture around how we're going to, you know, think about this business. And then of course, the strategy, we're in a very competitive space. And there are both, you know, there's really large, like really large players out there. And there's a whole bunch of small players. And every day I hear about a new competitor that I've never mm -hmm. heard of. And trying to navigate all this contextual information to our long-term strategy to continue our growth rate, I think is where I spent the vast majority of my time. But a lot of that time is spent with people. I think that a company, we were, as I mentioned, we were 14 people as the 15th employee. And now we're at just under a hundred people right now. And to go through that kind of growth, you know, which is small compared to a whole bunch of larger businesses, but for us to go from, you know, to, you know, 15 to a hundred required us to do a lot of thinking around what kind of culture do we want to set? How do we think about setting goals for our organization and our company? How do we think about our um, allocation of capital, 
right? Like how many people do we want to hire? How many things do we want to buy to help grow our business? And so a lot of the foundational pieces of a company needed to be set. And so I spend a lot of time thinking about those pieces and working and hiring a great executive team who continue to think about these problems every day. And we get to work together to kind of shape the business, which has been really fun. Mm -hmm. As opposed to walking into a business that's been around for 40 years and you kind of have to figure out what's there and like kind of just kind of ask all the questions. Here we get to ask the questions that are a little more high level and say, well, there's probably no answer to this question, but what do we want to be the answer to this question? And then we go out and set up the foundation for that for that answer. Yeah, I imagine that being quite a lot different to companies that have been around for a while, especially the part you mentioned about creating a culture. So anyway, I want to shift the focus back to you as we come closer to wrapping up, right? So focusing more on personal slash careers aspects of this interview. What have you found to be the biggest learning during your career? Um, you know, I think the biggest learning to me is always that you always have to be learning. Like if you get, I feel like if, if, you know, if our business or my brain or our team ever gets complacent and static, that is like the first sign that you're going to turn into mm -hmm. a company that needs to be turned around at some point. And so, you know, to kind of put it in hokey terms, you know, every time, you know, we have a board meeting. I always make it a point to go look at the previous board meeting just to remember exactly what we talked about and, you know, what was the agenda. And I often feel like if I don't look at that previous board deck and think to myself, we have learned so much since this point three months ago, so much, then something's going wrong. Like if we have not learned so much that that feels so outdated and the old way to think about the business and we know so much more now, we've, we've kind of capitalized on knowledge during that time and learnings then then something's broken something's like fundamentally broken and um that's like the first sign to me that that we need to change some things either in the way we think about it the way we think about goal setting the way we think about where the business needs to be in five years like all that stuff and so that that's maybe the first learning. if i give you a second one i think the second one for me is always about the people there's you know millions of great quotes about people saying that you know you have to hire really smart talented people who have a lot of drive and who want to get to the to the right end point and I think especially in a growth period of the company where you're managing the culture, building the culture, doing all these things kind of concurrently, the people make the biggest delta and difference of anything else you could decide. And so if you hire the right people, they'll make great decisions. And then a lot of my job is to make sure that our framework in which the way we make decisions are all pointed in the exact same direction with our long-term strategy or long-term vision and goals. And... Um, you know, I, I love the ability to kind of unleash the team, which is like, okay, here, you know, let, we, let's work together to make sure that we're all pointed exactly at the same point in the map. Like, this is exactly where we want to go. We all agree that this is where we're going. And then it's like, go. <laughs> and then, you know, everyone's autonomously, to some extent, making a whole bunch of great decisions towards that common point. And that's when things feel like we get, we have great momentum and we're making good decisions along the way. Mm -hmm. And finally, do you have any advice? the undergrad students of today who are either unsure of what they want to do in the future or are looking to do something similar to you? You know, I think I'm trying to think back to my times when I was, you know, graduating as undergrad and it's a little fearful. You're like, how do I, you know, how do I make good decisions? And I think oftentimes it's more about just making a decision. Like, especially in those kind of early years out of college, you know, take all the opportunities you can get into a position to even be lucky, get, mm -hmm. you know, you know, take, take the time to, to establish great relationships with people, 
and to learn as much as you can about where you think you want to go. And that might change, you know, two years, five years, two months, who knows, right? But at least if you think you know where you're going to go, start kind of growing in that direction in little everyday things that you do. And, and don't be afraid of, you know, the change that might happen to you along the way. I think the change is probably pretty good. Mm -hmm. I mean, I certainly would echo that message of putting yourself in the position to be lucky, which is essentially, I like to say this myself. I know people that know me say, I say this a lot, which is maximizing your surface area of luck and just taking on the change as it comes, right? So yeah, find a great final bit of advice there. And with that, on that note, we conclude this interview. So thank you very much, Scott, for joining us today. And thank you to the listeners for tuning into this episode. We've got many more like these lined up, so don't, make sure to not miss them. Thank you for having me.